followed would have had a good weekend as well yeah we had a great weekend so i think we what had 17 units i think i spent sent to you guys um just judging by those plays that we had uh on the podcast and we returned just shy of 30 units so good so we almost doubled our money again which is good so i think that's what three three weekends in a row now that we've come back with a profit so yeah nicely into into this spring yeah 100 percent. that's a that's a really good start yeah so we're on the money, which is great. Yeah, and um, geez, what was uh, what do you reckon was the best win on the weekend? Ooh, like for for us or in general? Maybe for us and in general. I think I think in general, I th- I think watching Tom Kitten just bully all those horses after giving away five, six kilos to all of them and watching the way he won. I thought that was very visually impressive. And then I also thought, well, I know I'm, you probably make a case for deny knowledge and, and diamond dealer as well, because we made, I thought, I thought diamond dealer was going to lead that race in the last at, at Randwick. I'm um, sorry, Rose Hill. And it obviously took a sit and absolutely rocketed to the line. So it showed the versatility there. And then mm. deny knowledge just gave no chance to any other horse in the race. Cause I think you and I were sitting there. We were just watching the money just get truckloaded in for St. Lawrence and watching yep. everything go out. But I thought it was a great, great ride from Pin, and yeah, it was a good win. So, but I think Tom Kitten's the one that we probably would was the most impressive considering everything. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Diamond Dealer was gone when it didn't get the lead. Yeah. Uh, pleasantly surprised to see it still win. That was pretty amazing. Um, Nash was. Riding pretty well. Nash was, yeah. I think he was a bit unlucky on Corniche, which was one of the other ones we we gave a good push to. Yeah. Um, the horse was too far back for one, two. It copped a bit of a bump coming around the turn, and I don't think that was the the place to be where he was coming down. And you can see some horses have run really well. Like I thought, General Salute was really good in that race, and we'll touch on that and horses to follow. But that Kadinsky extract, which was met with support, it didn't make up a huge amount of ground. So I mm-hmm. think it was just the circumstance i think it missed the kick as well so that wasn't ideal for the for the race either because i had it sitting what two three pairs back coming out probably a similar position to to what diamond dealer was in and then and coming just down the outside of them yeah well all in all good tipping from you really good tipping yeah, it was a good day i was happy with it um have you got some to follow yeah so we've got a few so i've got four four horses to follow there at rose hill and then two at mooney valley so i'll touch on the rose hill ones first so First run is in Rose Hill Race 6 with a horse by the name of How Good Are You, all one word. So that was the horse that – that was the race that Call Die was in. Yeah. So it was, it was enormous. That put up a huge figure. It absolutely demolished that field. And if you go back and look at the, that race, it was – Tim Clark got complete control of the race, um, kicked on the bend, and essentially no horse had a chance. So I think – yeah, that was what a BM eighty eight. I think if you look at the 
where the horse is heading. I think it's heading towards black type and even group company down the track. And I'm pretty excited to see it over the mile next start. Now, I'm not sure where it is going, but I know that, remember that race we spoke about, the Deny Knowledge one last year, the Bell of the Turf there at Gosford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's going there, but it'd be good to see it there because particularly like Gosford being one of those tighter turning tracks that suits kind of on paces. I think it if it goes there and it it, it runs, I reckon it's an absolute moral in that race. Yeah, okay. I was just looking it up trying to uh, black book it, but it's not popping up. Yeah, so how good are you all, all one word? Yeah, I know. Might have to, might not have it, might because it doesn't have a race. Uh, I'll keep you posted it. when it's running anyway. Yeah, let us know. Um, yeah, so that's one. What else did you, what else did you put your The eye? second one was one of our actual tips that I will push that I made in the podcast was NCAP in the Tom Kitten race. So that horse clocked the fastest final six, four, and 200 meters of that race behind Tom Kitten. Uh, Brett Pebble came out and said, I absolutely rode a shocker, and it was my fault the horse didn't win. Now we've got to remember the horses are made, and so he could go anywhere, but I think he's a really good horse. He needs a bit more race experience. He still does a lot of things wrong in his races, but I think he's got an immense amount of ability and I'm really keen to see where they go with him. Mm. What have he, you've got some future markets for him for the golden rose. What do we got? What do you, you, what, what do you got for the golden rose? I'd like to see it over the mile even. So what would it, yeah, look at David Mile. What's the Caulfield guineas looking like or even the Australian guineas? Um, Hang on, let's have a look at the Caulfield Guineas. Well, you got Militarizers, the 450 favourite, King Colorado. Where is NCAP? Here he is, 15 bucks. 15, so a bit short for, for that. What's it in the Golden Rose? The Golden Rose, we've got... Oh, it's 21. 21s. I'm not sure if it's going there, so I wouldn't be jumping in anything yet. And... Tom Kitten, 17. Well, you got to look at it like that. Tom Kitten up in distance. I think it's going to be better. It's more in favour of Tom Kitten, and you're going to meet it even weights now. So that was NCAP's chance on the lightweight. I think it was 53 kilos. So it'll meet Tom Kitten and even weights. And I think Tom Kitten's going to be better suited up towards a mile, even 2,000 metres, particularly this prep. So I think like a spring champion, I'm hearing whispers that it's heading that way. So if you're looking at it like that, that's a, probably a good futures bet to be taking if you can get good odds. Geez, they've got wraps on that Kedinsky abstract. They've got that lower in the market. The wraps, the wraps are just like your mate Profondo, where it's got unbelievable yeah. breeding, put up a decent first up maiden figure, mm. and then it hasn't really done anything since. I think the horse is overrated, to be honest. And I'll make it. I'll make the call. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think it'll be Saturday class. It might win a couple of races midweek, but I'm, I don't think it's up to Saturday class. I don't think it's that good. What did that one cost? You know. Uh, $3 million, I think it was. Oh, Pretty expensive, Jesus eh? Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that hurt if you got paid $3 million for a dud? And then you compare it to a horse like Takeover Target or Buffering. Yeah. Jeez, that would <laughs> hurt. That's painful. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, we might be getting a bit sidetracked there. So what? Uh, you've got you've got a couple more that follow from yeah. the weekend as well. So we got General Salute, which is in that Corniche race, which was run by Libertad. Now... I think Libertad, that win was awesome. Amazing ride from Chad Schofield. So nothing nothing to take away from that win. But I thought General Salute was very good. Now, he's only had the one win, but he's had two very good 
placings in his in his career. Now he's still very green. You could see when Karen McAvoy was trying to navigate him through a gap, he didn't know what to do, and then he finally hit it, and he was a bit wayward in the straight, but he still clocked the race's fastest last 600 metres. He was actually making up some really good ground towards the end there. So I think he's heading places. Um, the other horse that I really like at Rose Hill was a horse in race nine called Inver Park. So the horse had a wide barrier, and if you go back and look at the race, the it was really dominated by those up on speed. So I think mathematically the horse had no real chance of winning, but he hit the line really, really nicely. And I think stepping up in trip, decent barrier wire, maybe even a better track, like a Randwick track, I think he's in for a good prep. Yeah, okay. I didn't even notice that one. Um, United Nations was in Mooney Valley Race 5, which was won by uh, King of Hastings with Magnus Spin back in third. Now, I thought he was enormous considering where he was in run. He was right out the back. It was an elite ride from Mark Zara where he kind of cut the corner but hit a gap really well. Now, the horse was carrying 60, I think 62 kilos there on Saturday. He's going to go to a 2,500-meter race next start at Flemington. He's going to drop down to about 54 kilos. Michael D is going to ride him. And I think if they can get his rating above, a, I think, the high 90s, even low 100s, he'll get into the Melbourne Cup on that. Yeah, right. So he's got he's got the D on board. He's going to get the D on board, which is huge. So obviously Zara, if 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 he makes the cup, will ride Gold Trip. So who knows what happens if if United Nations makes the makes it. So what's he? He's got good breeding for the two mile. Well, he was he was actually he was owned by Aidan O'Brien, the Coolmore guys, and then he was bought out here by Australian Connections. So he was bought as a really good. I think two-year-old. He's got some really good form lines around some elite uh, European juveniles. So he's brought out here along with a horse called Dillian, which we'll touch on there at Caulfield. So they wear that. They have the same silks. They actually got the same silks as my girl, Daya. So I actually yeah. know one. I know one of the owners of, or two of the owners of United Nations. So I get all the inside goss with them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, right to party as well. You didn't. Did you mention that? Did you? Yeah, so that was in Mooney Valley Race 6. So that was um, – it was a really good race. So the horse was kind of like in really no man's land coming around the bend. It kind of managed to get its way out to the to the, to the the widest area and absolutely rocketed home to the line. I really liked its sectionals. I think it finished third. Um, it was really good up here in Queensland in that listed race. And I think bigger track, Caulfield, Sandown, or even a, a definitely a Flemington, I think the horse will be better suited and maybe keeping it around the 1,200 to 1,400 metres, I think it'll be a really good bet next start. Okay, lovely. Um, so this weekend, uh, where are we, Sydney and Melbourne again? Not much happening in Brisbane? Um, I've got one in Brisbane that I want to touch on, but I'll touch on that at the end. So let's go to Randwick first. So we've Glad got, we're back we've got, at Randwick. It's good track, isn't it? It's, it's just great. one of the better tracks to just punt at you're never worried about biases no. usually you can handle the the wet weather pretty soundly depending if it's like torrential rain like we get in the autumn but usually you're dealing with fit racing which is great how's so, the weather looking by the way yeah so they had some light they had some rain yesterday if you would have seen if you watched the warwick farm meet um they shut it down to, didn't they they ended up abandoning it yeah because of of the rainfall. So they had some of that and then they had some light showers um, today, but then on tomorrow and, and Saturday, I think we got pretty good weather. So at the time of our recording, I think I looked at it, it was a good four. So I probably would expect a good four come race time, which is great. Okay, great. 
And what do we got? Three group twos, uh, one three group, group three. And a listed race. So a really good card, which is fantastic. And then you, obviously the big ones that we want to watch is races six, eight, and nine. But I think we need to touch on seven, which is the Concord, which we see Nature Strip resuming, which is good. Oh, Nature Strip's yeah. back. So he's back. He's had some really good trials as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, incre- I'm intrigued to see how, how he goes. How was he trialing up last prep? Uh, he always trials pretty well because he loves to sit. You know, he loves to take control of races, regardless of whether it's a trial or an official race. Yeah. Um, I thought he trialed up really nicely. Remember we had, like, I know you've always had question marks on whether he's come back. I think mm. last prep, I think we've still got to think that the horse, he's, he's, what, nine years old now. So it wouldn't surprise me if that trip overseas has certainly taken a little bit out of him and he's still trying to find his feet. So yeah, I know that there's a couple of Everest, Everest slot holders still certainly interested in him. He hasn't been um, obviously um, like taken up by anyone or anything like that, but I know there's there's still interest in him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's looked the same for a while. Yeah, I think his peak run that we've seen in recent times was definitely that one at Royal Ascot where he absolutely blew them away, but I don't think he, he came up last prep. Nah, not at all. Now, they always seem to... These similar fields, these races that he's in. Yeah, they always. Well, he loves to start off in the Concord. He's a thousand meter specialist. Do you want to touch on race seven first? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that, and then we can come back around and we'll, we'll hit race four and eight, nine, and ten. The other ones. So okay. the so this is like a traditional one of the traditional lead up races to the Everest. So you see a lot of sprinters there um, starting to kick off. Now it is a group three race i think it is now it's set weights and penalties so it's not like a weight for age where your male horses will carry a certain weight and your female and your mares carry a certain weight it's it's set weights and penalties depending on your history um it's for three-year-olds and upwards now i think we can just touch on things in the market so we just spoke about nature strip then so he's obviously an elite sprinter and will go down in the hall of fame in the ra- um in racing australian horse racing he's trialed really nicely so i'm I really like it. Now, if you look through the this field, so J-Mac's ridden quite a few of these horses, and he's obviously opted to ride Nature Strip over In Secret, which is interesting, and Zapatea. So I actually really don't mind that wide barrier for him, particularly with Eduardo drawn all the way in barrier one. So there's not a great deal of speed outside of those two uh, fellas in this race. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Nash just kick up Eduardo and then Nature Strip to barrel along just outside of him and maybe see them go toe-to-toe. Yeah. The thing you've got to think about, though, is is Eduardo in the same boat as Nature Strip and is he gone? Well, I would have thought certainly last prep, but he's still... Was that a second he managed to grab? Was it last prep? I thought he was. Well, remember he started last prep. He started last prep in the autumn there at Randwick over the 1,000 metres again in that Group 2 challenge where, you know, where he was done by passive-aggressive by the barest of margins with Giga Kick absolutely flying down the outside. that's the one I'm thinking of because I I thought there was one that he won, but that was the one, yeah. Yeah, and remember, I thought he got it, but you look at you look at that. It was I think it got, got deemed the official margin was like point oh one of a length, which is obviously the smallest margin that you can do before declaring it a um, a dead heat. So yeah. he did really well there. And if you go back and look at his first up record, it's actually really good. He's had twelve attempts for five wins, a second and um, two seconds and and three thirds. So he's only missed the drum three time, um, two times, and I think that was more in the earlier parts of his career when he was down in Melbourne. 
You then look at his track and distance record here at Randwick over the 1,000 metres. He's had four starts for three wins and a second. And, again, we know Joe Pride. He's just one of those elite trainers that always seeps, seems to produce horses, and particularly tried horses. So at, what, five bucks, I think he is there. I would not be putting a pen through Eduardo. Mm. I do have a few little question marks on In Secret there at about the 340 mark. So if you go back and look through, now I'm not questioning her ability as a horse. I think she's an elite horse, and obviously her record speaks for itself. But if you go back and look at all of her runs, all of her best figures and her best races have come down the Flemington Strait. So does that mean that she's a, a straight track bully and that's that's her go? Or is she all right round a bend? Because if you go look at there, she group one surround, she was beaten by Sunshine and Paris and Ruthless Dame um, quite fairly. Last time she went round a bend, she was very weak in that group one TJ early in the year that was won by I Wish I Win. She was all right uh, in the Golden Row. She she ran second to, to Jack and I, but Jack and I was absolutely rocketing line. She actually came up the inside rails and had probably had a more economical run. She did win the, the Group 2 run to the Rose, but she only beat best of Bordeaux. Like, you're looking at it here now. Like, does she have round the bend form? I don't think so. I thought her trials have been really nicely, but the interesting thing is J-Mac trialed her both times and Zach Lloyd's riding. So she gets one it. She best. had some really light weights too. She yeah, she exactly like you go back at that new mark and what was she carrying like fifty and a half kilos, I think it was. Yeah. So fifty one and a half kilos. Yeah. And she was conceding a heap of weight to those those open class horses. And here she is now at set weights and penalties where she's won a couple of group ones and she's now literally conceding two kilos to nature strip. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be betting on her with the confidence you probably should have when she was going around with 54 and 51 kilos on her back. Yeah. And then you've got um, Zapateo, who's a he's a very good horse on the day. Great first up uh, run. She's had some really nice trials. Like, I didn't mind that trial back there at Randwick. J-Mac rode that. Again, Karen McAvoy takes the ride. So you can see where I'm going with whole J-Mac pushing Nature Strip. Now, I don't think he'd be jumping on. He, he's obviously got a close affiliation with the horse. But mm. I just think that that's a decent decent push in itself that um he he likes nature strip and he trolled him as well yeah i mean look i don't know it's it's hard to go past those three oh well you got bella nipatina in there too who knows what well she's bella nipatina i was just going to touch on this two there's three more horses i want to touch on in this race so the first one is bella now bella's always been one of ours i think she's a bit of a podcast favorite of ours um, she's had two really nice jump outs. Um, and I read obviously that she's probably, I think she's been scratched actually later to, um, today, or she was scratched later today at Caulfield. Um, and it's more weather dependent, but I think she's going to be better suited around here. Now she's got a great first up record and she's actually got a decent distance record. Cause if you go back and look through this field, a lot of them are 1200 meter horses, like in secrets, a 1200 meter horse, Zapata is a 1200 meter horse, Bella's a 1200 meter horse. So is Rocketing by Shelby 66 Casino Lord. So if you go back and look at them, a lot of them are first up at an unsuitable trip. So that brings me to my next horse. Now, the next horse is the one who looks to me as the 1,000-meter specialist, and that's Remark. Yeah. 
So he's got a great first up record. So he's had five attempts to three wins and a third. He's won it. He's won over the distance here at Randwick over the thousand meters. And go back and look through his um, figures of recent time. And his best figures since he had that throat operations have been first up. So if you go back at September last year, he he raced in a BM88 over the 1100 meters, carrying the top weight. He knocked off Clemenceau, Tristate, and a few of other decent horses going around. But it was a huge figure. He then went on uh, the following prep in February this year was the 94 over the 1,000 metres. Now, he beat Dragonstone in that race and put up a huge figure carrying 62 kilos, which was huge, conceding weight to everyone. And then he went to the Challenge Stakes and he was in that race behind um, uh, Giga Kick and Eduardo as well. So I think he's trialled up really nicely. Tyler Schiller actually keeps his association with the horse. He rode him in both trials that he's had this prep. So I think he's a great chance from the wide barrier, particularly if Eduardo and Nature Strip bully each other. Now, the horse, I think, is the forgotten one, and the horse that I'd, I wouldn't be putting a pen through and probably including in your quaddies is on the lead. <laughs> 126 to 1. Yeah, so don't don't be fooled by that. So obviously, the, if you look at the horse, it's been racing in in pretty pretty lackluster races when you compare it to the, the most of the horses in this field. But the horse is a thousand meter specialist. It's had three really good trials leading up to this, all in Sydney, two at Rose Hill and one at Warwick Farm. It's had twelve attempts to the thousand meters to three wins, three seconds in the third. Brett Pebble has ridden it in all three starts. Now I do concede it is non for Caulfield as well, but judging by the fact that they've been raced, they've been trialing it up here, it's probably settled up here. So I wouldn't be putting a pen through it either. And I, if I was playing quaddies, I would be I'd be definitely keeping it in there. Yeah, the Prebs um the Preb goes all right. He goes all right. He's certainly not up there with your elite Sydney jockeys or even Melbourne jockeys for that matter, but he's definitely a good jockey. And I I think he just doesn't get the opportunities that the other guys do. No, I like that. I'll definitely be putting that in the quaddy. Um, put in the quaddy. I don't think put anything on it as such, but definitely pro- think it's a good chance. Yeah, I probably have to go a few in the quaddy here. I would be, just in case, because there's so many unknowns. You've yeah. got these 1,200-meter horses that are resuming first up. Are they going to be wound down, ready to go? Is Nature Strip back? Is Eduardo gone? Is Remark um, going to follow through? Because he's always trialed really nicely. Is he going to follow through with that trial? Like, there's a lot of question marks. So I would be going wide. Yeah, it's a horrible-looking leg, to be honest. Oh, it sucks. Well... But don't worry. Don't worry. I've got a couple of um, easier legs coming up. Okay. Did you want to go through seven, uh, eight, nine, ten, or go back to four? Let's go to four, just because we've got three black bookers in this race, and we'll touch on all of them. Yeah. So Tazaral, I know we've made a big, uh, we've made a push for in a podcast before. Got Chad Schofield, got the lighter weight, stays at the mile, which is really good. So I can see why it's favoured there. Um, at, we'll see why it is favourite, which is a good thing. Now I went back through and had a look at the speed map here of this race. So it seems like there's going to be a decent amount of pressure. So. I think perfect thought can roll forward from barrier one and really use that barrier well. And then you've got Mission Phoenix, Extension Sweet, uh, what was it? I pronounce it, Special Sway, Mark Schnell and Kiss the Bride, who can all roll forward. So you can see, like, there's going to be a bit of pressure up front. Now, is that going to set up for a back marker, something like um, Tazarel? Now, I'm not too concerned by that barrier because I suspect the horse is probably going to go back here at Randwick, which is a good thing. 
You've then got Perfect Thought, who we I made a push for last start. Now it's been met with a bit of market support, so I think you've opened up around the eight buck mark of what it drifted out to around that, and now it's into five dollars, which is really interesting. Yeah. Now, oh, extension extension's been um scratched. I just realised that. Sorry, but now the horse has got a really good second up record. So two attempts for a first and a second. And remember that second up. I think I touched on it last uh, last podcast when we were talking about Perfect Thought. That was that second up record where it almost pinched it over the mile there at Eagle Farm in the Queensland Guineas. Remember, Kovalika just got it in those last few strides. That's right. Yeah. So it's got some really good form lines. It's got K Mac on. I would have preferred a different jockey, but he's certainly not Voldemort for me at the moment. Yep. Now we've got a now the other one that I want to touch on, and this is the one I'd probably be putting a small bet on, and then seeing how you go is Alabia. Remember we touched on it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the notes that we spoke about was very good in Doombin. Look, look to back second up where it's won before over the sixteen hundred meters to eighteen hundred meters. Now we land in here over the mile in a good race. We've got a decent barrier. We're probably going to go back from that barrier regardless. We're not going to roll forward and have a look at the jockey booking. Oh, the man. So if nah, there's any horse that's going to lift a horse like this, something that I, a horse I think that's come back really nicely, it's going to be Nash. So gun to my head, I'd be putting a small each way play on Alibi in this race. And probably you could probably chop out if you wanted to on, on Tazarel. Absolutely. So the Tazarel, uh, this field, you reckon he's not going to put him away anywhere near as easy as he did that last field? Well, it's... It, You'd probably say yes. He's up in grade. So he won a BM88 last start. This is a BM94. And you, you've got some good horses. Like, I think Perfect Thought is a, is a group enlisted race, uh, racehorse. Um, I think Alibi is quite a good horse. I think stepping up in trips. So I think I think Tazarel is your smart choice in this race. Um, but I certainly think Alibi would be a horse I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting a pen through. Yeah, the Nash booking at that price, geez, just yeah, just give me a Nash on a twenty to one shot who needs a horse uh, who's come back really nice. I think it's a bet. Yep, hundred percent, love that. So race eight is the daily. Oh, let's press touch on race for... six because I've got I've got oh, a moral in race six. Okay, yeah. So this is the Furious Stakes. So the Furious is the first leg of that Princess Series, you know, for the three year old fillies. So yep. you've got this is the um you've got. The Furious, then we go to the T-Rose over 1,400 metres in two or three weeks' time, and then you got the Flight Stakes over the mile. So I think there's one horse and one horse only that can win this race, and it's really? Kamachi. Yeah. Oh. So really, you reckon? Yeah. So you go back and watch that race. So I think, honestly, if, you, if, if, you, if you're going to have a big bet, just put a saver on Autumn Ballet. But I don't have any time for the rest of the horses in this race. You don't like Tis Invincible at all? No, because remember we spoke about that race last in the Rosebud and every horse between what first to I think it was what to seventh was within two lengths of each other. I think for first to last it was within two lengths. It was a really bunched finish. You go back and watch Griff last week in that race that we that we saw. It didn't go super well. Yeah. So I don't think it's gonna be a really good form race moving forward. And I think Kamachi and Autumn Ballet's um Silver Shadow race was a lot better. Okay. Now, Kamachi was held up and really unlucky run. Autumn Ballet had a kind of an easy run through the line. So I think Kamachi, I think it's a great bet. Barry seven. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, now, that Autumn Ballet had a pretty high SP last start, didn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. So if you go back and look at what did it start in that race? So it started, what, 16 bucks, and now what are you going to take in $4.20? Now, Komachi started 550 second favourite in that race, so one would suggest that SP profiles probably lean more towards uh, Komachi. And the fact that Komachi's drawn well, bigger track, I think it's I think it's a better chance. Yeah, definitely. Um, so re- let's go to race eight then, Ch- uh, Chelmsford Stakes. Have a look at this. So 1,500 metre race, one of the main lead-ups here in the Sydney Carnival leading towards you. find a lot of horses will head towards a Cox Plate and a few other, the big um, Melbourne riches eventually. Um, have a look at this field. Yeah. Wow. It's a really it's tough race. We've got a couple of black bookers in this, which is really tough. Tough. So, obviously, out of that wing stakes, we put Think It Over, Montefilia, Dewayus in the black book, and obviously we spoke about Lindemann as well. So I'll touch on I'll touch on Lindemann later, but there's a few little things that I think we can forgive last start. Okay. So let's touch on market order. So I thought Think About It was very good first up, particularly considering that long injury layoff. Now, he did kind of peak on his run around the 1,200 metres, so you could see that fitness levels were certainly lacking. So I think he'll take some huge benefit from that run. He loves the Randwick um, 1,500 metres. Uh, 1,500 or 1,600? 1,600. Yeah, loves the Randwick mile. He's um, had four starts there for a first, second, and a third. Loves the Randwick track. 20 starts here for eight wins, two seconds, and two and three thirds. So he's one of those horses, Skeech Nash, He's just he's just an honest horse, and and I know Kerry Park has a huge opinion of him. You've then got Montefilia there, who was one of those runs that everyone saw. I think everyone put her in the black book. I think you watch black booking shows on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the week, and everyone's just chucking her in. So she was really good for Waller first up. She's got a good second up record here, um, and she's uh, she's won the track and trip before. Um, brings me to Hinge. Hinge is one of those honest horses. She. She doesn't like winning. Like, I, I'm going back through her history now, and the last win she had, let's have a look. His last win was at Randwick on the 14th of February, um, sorry, 26th of February last year in the Surround Stakes, which is that Princess Series we spoke about. Wow. She has not won a race since, but yet she's still amassed $1.5 million and continues to always play to Group 1 level. Yeah, ran well last start. Yeah, she she was really good. We've got Dewayas as well, which we spoke about. Now, she was very similar to, to Montefilia. Everyone looked at her and said, wow, flashing light run, back to look, look to back her up in trip. Whether or not she's got Montefilia's record, I know J-Max now jumped on Montefilia from Dill Gibbons. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I thought Dewayas was just as good, and I can't see the difference in four forty and $11 for both of them. Yeah, wow. Well, now, the horse I think we need – yeah, so the horse I think we need to be very forgiving um, – uh, or at least give a forgive to is Lindemann. So the horse was started. It started at a decent price around the fourteen buck mark in that in that week stakes. Absolutely pinged out of the barriers and led them up coming around the bend. Now Hugh Bowman said the horse he he asked of it or expected something of it and it didn't give. Now the stewards report they had after that race was the horse was coughing. So one would suggest the horse was unwell and not 100%. That race, you could, you could probably forgive it. Now, I know I spoke about this. Waller, when he does these like little talks randomly, and he was on Twitter, and you could see in his eyes, he doesn't give away much when he talks about his horses, but he was really, really confident in, in this horse's prep. And he spoke about even talking about taking it to a Cox plate. So obviously you can see that that, that Waller has a really good opinion of the horse. And – He's he's one second up before. He's had three starts for two wins in the second. 
So I wouldn't be putting a pen through him either. So if you're looking at it purely from a quality perspective, I think you just go 1, 11, 10, 7. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's that's probably what I'd do as well. Yeah, because like honestly, when you look at it, can you see anything else? Winner like Navarro peak up in grade. Man's always dour as hell. He doesn't. He won't. You won't see much of him until he hits two thousand five hundred meters plus. Bold Mac has been up forever, and this is a big step up in grade. I thought Major Bill was quite poor in that Wink Stakes, and I think a few other horses had the horse covered. Ho Yamal is a stayer resuming. Knight's Order will probably lead up this race. Um, but he's going to be better suited on heavier, soft ground. So, yes, he's won on good ground, but I think there's other ho- it brings other horses back into play on that. So that's how I look at it. And I know Hinge is probably a good chance of, of running a great race, but she's just a non-winner. She always finds to find one better. Yeah, I like it. Lindemann, a very interesting one, already from, from 18s into 15s too. Yeah, so I think everyone – so it originally opened around 12 bucks, so it blew out. But then I think probably all the all your tippers and stuff like that, all the all your like your syndicates and tipping services, they probably looked at those stewards report and to see that the horse had probably had some issues after that run and probably could forgive it and not sack it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go to the tramway stakes race nine now. I can see a few of your favourites in here actually. Oh, there's quite a few in this race, which is which is difficult. <laughs> So, yeah, big time. Um, so Alentia, which is interesting, which is doing my head in. So it's it's nommed at three places. So it's nommed at Caulfield um, on Saturday. It's also nommed at Wyong tomorrow. Mm. So I haven't seen a scratching. And this is a typical Waller job. Like you just you just don't know what to do. So if Alentia comes out, this race opens wide up. But I would have liked it to be in the race because I think I could bet around it and get a get a bit of a profit. So this is a race that you see that Zaki's resumed in a couple of times. So it was interesting to see him resume in that wink stakes last week, but maybe he was he was screwed down, ready to go. So I think we'll touch on market order. So I thought Atlantia was very good in that BM88 last start, one by two lengths, very dominant at Rose Hill over the 1,200 metres. The horses essentially should be undefeated when you look at it. It's one in the track and trip. It's a really good horse, but it is up in grade, and it loses J-Mac and gains Alencia. Now, why has J-Mac jumped off Valentia to jump on going global, which at the time when I was doing the form this morning and, and preparing for this, he was $26. Right. Now it's 15 Yeah. Now, J-Mac mm. has ridden. Isn't that a quite a funny thing? Really interesting. Very, very peculiar. Now, Karen tra- um, uh, trialed the horse twice leading up to this prep. Now, J-Mac has also ridden trialed Pericles, and he's opted again to jump off the horse and, and go down going global. Oh, wow, man. So this thing's a this thing's an American horse. It is an American horse, which only has form on firm decks. Hasn't liked it since. Now, he came down here with a bit of a boom on him. He ran 16th in our Doncaster, but I think that you can forgive that run purely for the fact that it was on a heavy deck, which the horse had never seen before. Yeah, I watched the trials, and they were all right. They were sound. It didn't. It didn't blow me away. You know, you can see a trial where you know a horse is moving well. The jockey's high. Not many. Not many shakes of the rain or anything like that. Like the horse didn't blow me away. But I'm so puzzled by this J Mac booking, and you never see J Mac get on a horse at 14s. Yeah. 
I don't so know. That one's there. Makes me want to back it though. I know. So the other one that we look at here is um, Pericles. Now, Pericles was was all right first up. I thought Madame Pomery was better. And you're looking at you're taking seven fifty about Pericles and and seventeen dollars about Madame Pomery. I bet your bottom dollar though that Wallace scratches Madame Pomery because it's drawn Barry nineteen. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good run last start, wasn't it? It was a sound run. Madam Pomeroy was awesome coming up that rails run and just getting done by by Pericles. Yeah. Now, Hope in Your Heart has always been one of my horses. I think the horses, she's just so honest. She never runs you a bad race. I think at 850 is a great price to find out. I know we backed her first up last prep. She's had two really nice trials, um, particularly that 1200 meter one over there on the 18th of August. So she's going to be really set for this for this race. Now, Zarek, your mate, I think. I said this in my notes to say, do always include in the quaddies. So he yeah. opened up at around the $20 mark and he's into what, 12 bucks? Yeah. I'll never so leave him out of a quaddie ever again. Put him, what was that? I'll never leave him out of a quaddie ever again. Nah, because he'll be flying home. Now, I think my, my Oberon, you can probably sack, it means it wet. Madam Pomeroy will be scratched. Fireburn will be interesting to come. Now, the horse is coming back off a 2,000 meter run in that Group 2 Roses where it was really good. The Communist was sound in that wink stakes. He didn't do great. Now, this is another forgotten horse that I want that you have to include in your quaddy, Skylab. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, you go back and watch that race behind Bornes Notches. Bornes Notches was elite in that race. I can't question it. But um, Skylab was unbelievable. I thought the horse was amazing first up. Cop some really, really good late sectionals. The horse is actually, funnily enough, um, undefeated over 1,400 metres. Yeah, really. Yeah, as one second up before. Um, drawn out a little bit, which isn't great. That's a bit of a query for me. But I think getting up in trip, um, it's it's certainly going to be great for it. And I think you need to put that in your quaddy. Okay, this quaddy is uh, getting harder and harder, I feel. Yeah, it's a tough leg. And then race 10 doesn't make it any easier. No. But I'm going for. I got two at value. I got one at value in in race ten for you. Okay. What do we got? Yeah. So, oh, in terms of gun to my head bet in that race nine, I probably have small plays on hope in your heart, Skylab, Zarek, and try and get some of those other ones beaten. Okay. Uh, race ten. So, go back and look at the the race. I think there is an absolute like I don't say each way moral or anything like that, but I think there's a horse in this race that is being really underrated by the market. And that's a horse by the name of Molly Nails. Good name. So you go back and watch that race there at Rose Hill over the 1,100 metres two weeks ago. Now, Smashing Eagle run that race and clocked some elite sectionals. You go back and watch last Saturday where Smashing Eagle ran again, which we unfortunately backed. He caught the fastest last 600, 400, 200 metres of the day again. So the horse is absolutely flying. You then got Garza Blanca there. And if you go back and watch the race, Molly Nails came down the outside, which may not have been the suitable trip, I'm sorry, suitable area for, for horses to be making a run. And it was closing in hard on Gaza Blanca. Now, how is Gaza Blanca, outside of the fact that Molly Nails is drawn out, but she'll probably drop back anyway. So is Gaza Blanca. How is she $19 and Gaza Blanca 260 Yeah, that's wild. I just don't get it. I think I think Gaza Blanca has been overplayed with, with his run last start. J-Mac stays on. He does have a good SP profile. I get it. Um, he's one second up before, 
But I just don't I don't see it. And I'd be trying to get him beaten, to be honest. I think Tom is a good chance. I think Perry L's a great chance with Nash on board. And I think Molly Nails is a great chance as well. I really like that. Really yeah. like it. Um so what do you wow. So what do you that's another it really is I don't know, every leg of this quaddy is a bit cooked. Yeah, well this one I'd just be going Four ten sixteen. Four ten sixteen. All right. Try and get Gaza Blanca beaten. Okay. Because you've got so if you look at it this way, if we get Skylab gets up at twenty ones, Molly Nails gets up at twenties, Lindemann or Dwyer gets up at elevens or fifteens, and then you've got Remark or Bella Nipatina getting up at nines. That's going to be a juicy quality. Oh yeah, it'd be huge. Yeah, it'd pay enormous. I'm actually looking forward to it. Looks difficult, but looking forward to it. Yeah, it does. It actually looks really good. Um, so let's go to Caulfield. Uh, not happy to be back there, but we'll take it. We'll take it. And I thought it raced fairly there when we were there last. So I've got less beef with it. It's kind of like I'm, it's like I'm with K-Mac and Voldemort. I'm kind of just like <laughs> slowly easing my way back into it. Yeah, okay. So weather-wise, we've got. Uh, I think they had some showers today. Uh, it's only light rain, um, and then it's going to be fine on Saturday. So I think we'll be racing in the good four, and the rail's in the true position, which is great. So I expect fair racing. So we've got – this is probably the, the car, like the best meeting. I think it's better than the Randwick card because you've got the Group 1 Memsey, which is just an absolute, like, amazing race with a wonderful field. But then we've got a couple of Group 3s there as support cards in a listed race. So it's a really good thing. It's a really good card. Yeah, that Memsey looks uh, incredible. Yeah, it's a, it's it's good. All right, so we've got a few to roll through here. So let's start at uh, race two. We'll be pretty quick. Race two, I think Reinberg barrier one jumps leads wins. So hang on, what do we, what do we what was that? Right? Oh yeah, Reinberg. I know the one. Yeah. Jumps leads wins. I think it's a blah. I think it's a, at least a group three, group two horse. This is just a handicap. Carrying 58 and a half kilos. Chelton Lane, barrier three. Where's it going to get? Because it's a it's a get back run on horse. I think Reinberg is going to just not have a great deal of pressure up front, which is a great thing. I think it's just a great chance. I think it's going to win it. Nice. Confident one straight off the bat. Uh, race three, we've got uh, our girl Ballot Rich. Ballot Rich, now we said 1,400 metres, second up. Have looked to back her. Now she's been wet with a lot of support. I think she got out to around the 50, 50 mark, maybe a little bit longer. She's now into favourite, um, second favourite, just. Now yeah. she's got a really good track record. I'm um, sorry, trip record. Five starts, three wins, two seconds, and I'm uh, oh, sorry, a second and a third. She hasn't won second up, but I'm not too stressed by that. Now, Nunthorpe is a great horse. My concern is what it's going to do from the wide barrier, particularly with girl uh, BL Bay um, all kicking up. Now, is it going to have to muster really hard and be pushed by girl? I don't know. I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued by the map. Now, Jamie Carr's not a renowned rider of leaders either, but the horse is low in the weights. So that's what we've got to look at. 59 kilos for Bella Riche, 53 and a half for Nunsort. Yeah, Bellet Reach's run at Mooney Valley was pretty enormous. Um, this extreme step thing that's beaten Nunthorpe, how's that out at $10? Well, I think if you go back and look at it, so extreme step, uh, are you want the actually honest truth? I don't know. 
Interesting. Weight drop. Yeah. SP profile for Nunzel. Started two 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 twenty. Jamie Car Jamie Car tax. It's quite the difference, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Interesting. So, yeah, it is a. Eh? Honestly, I think Belarus just wins this race. Yeah, she did look good last start. Yeah. We'll go with again, her again. Another, another horse that I think like um like Reinberg's just making them way through the grades, and I think she'll she's in for a great prep. Okay. Uh, race four, Evergreen Turf, two thousand meters. So this is this is that race where Dillian. So you can see the same silks there as um, United Nations. Yep. So he was bought. I just want to touch on this. Isn't a bet or anything like that. So he was okay. bought with um, United Nations. Brought out here. I think he's a really good uh, handicap horse. I think he was a bit plain last start. He did start a dollar seventy five favorite in a BM seventy. I know we backed it. Remember we got on about three bucks and it got backed in. Yeah. Didn't ride well. I think the the addition of of Mark Zara jumping on board is a great thing, but the barrier is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, okay, so that's just a sit and watch. Sit and watch, yeah. All right, so race five, McNeil Stakes. So group three, McNeil Stakes. So this is a um, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. One of those races, again, you're probably going to see horses heading out of this into a golden rose. So the speed map here is really interesting. So I've got a, a really fast tempo being set there by... Uh, the Zebra coming in from the outside. I also have Coinside and V8 kicking up from the inside. And then you got Legacies parked in, in there as well. So I think there's a big boom on Legacies, which is an interesting thing. So I think the horse is obviously undefeated. And always is one of those things where beware of the undefeated horse. Um, it won that Anzac Day stakes there over the 1,400 metres at Sandown by four and a half lengths. Yeah. Didn't beat much, I get that, but it was really good. And I know that Peter Moody has a very good opinion of the horse. Jamie Carr on board. Um, Barber, I think Barber's trials have been okay. They haven't blown me away, but he does have a good first up record. However, his distance record isn't great. It's a tough um, race. Yeah, it is actually a little tough race, and there's a, there's a horse at odds that I wouldn't wouldn't be putting a pen through either. Now, Little Brosy was in that really high rating vein that was won by Cylinder. Uh, did finish behind, um, obviously Cylinder, uh, that Ouroboros that was run by um, Craig Newitt, and then I am Unstoppable, who's one of those horses that we have in the Black Book. So I thought the horse was good. He's got a much better second up record, and he's actually won at this track. Uh, he won the Blue Diamond here, which I think was at Sandown last year, wasn't it? Yeah, Sandown. Yeah. So he won that. So he's won over the track and trip and second up. So I think it wouldn't put a pen through him. Now, V8 is a great horse. Um, I think this is short of his best. I think he's going to be better suited over 1,400 metres or even a mile, maybe even longer. But he had a really nice jump out there at Bendigo. Uh, Hedge won, won its maiden last start over 11. 100 metres by four and a half lengths out there at Seymour. What it beat is piss all, but it had a really good SP profile leading into that. Um, and finally, the one that I think is forgotten is Make a Call. Yeah, okay. No, I thought so I actually thought you were going to say that. Yeah, so he made a, he had a really, really nice trial there at Hawkesbury over the 1,000 metres JMAC on again, which was interesting on the 21st of the 8th. Um, now he has a really big finish on it. Now remember when we were we were at the punters lunch and Sofrado got up for the the um, 
Remember Sofrado got yeah, up? Yeah, in uh, Brisbane. Yes, I do. Yeah, so Make a Call was the horse that was impeded coming up the rails. So I think the horse has a really big finish on him, and he's going to get a lot of fast pace being set by a lot of these leaders in this race. I think John Allen can kind of just follow the right horses, come down the outside, and I think he's one at $27 I would not be putting a pen through at all. Okay, interesting. Um. Now we're going to go, we're going to skip race six and go to race seven. Race seven, that's it. Oh, can you see it? Um, <laughs> yes, I can. There she is. There she is. Oh, what are they giving her for, uh, giving us for a $2.70 I've got here? Yeah, she's had a bit of support, which is interesting. Um, do you want the honest? I think she just wins this race. Yeah, me too. My, Seth, Seth Majik has got, Decent form, finished two lengths off um, in secret down the straight. Figure wasn't awesome. Parasail, good. Again, up in weight, 53 kilos into 58 kilos. Barry 11. Benedetta just wins. Moral, 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 moral. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, do you think that price will uh, go out a bit or? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, in, I'm puzzled by it. Because it's she opened around the three buck mark and there's been a steady flow of money for her. That's the concern I have. She's drawn awesome. Um, there's going to be a decent amount of speed set from Dan to Dubai and Papier, um, Papillon Club, and I think she can just sit two pairs back, um, just peel out the outside, just win. Okay, good. So let's stand her out in the quarter. You nailed it. Good. And let's go to race eight. Now have a look at this race. Isn't this a nifty little sprint? Yeah, right. Yeah. Jesus, some good races on. There's size back. Ooh. Exactly. So I think this race here, I can make a case for a few of them. Now, Aspora's had an absolute elite jump out. It was so good to watch. Yeah, true. So um, she was really good. Now, I can see why she's favourite. She did race in that Oakley Pate. Um, obviously, Bella was I think Bella was in this race, wasn't she? Yeah, she's been scratched. She was drawn out, so I'm not surprised by that. Now, go back and if you have a look at this speed map, you've got quite a lot of speed set here with this race. So it could set up for a big finish on a horse. Now, we spoke about on the lead being in this race as well, so just keep an eye on it. Now, I have Generation and Midwest leading from start. Well, Starry Legend's going to roll forward. It's whether or not he can get the lead is very, very fast, but whether he can beat Midwest across is interesting. Um, and then you've got Magic Time just blending in with Lad Denisa Rouge, I think it is. And then you've got Asphora kind of sitting really handy there in the in the midfield. But, yeah, like I said, Aspore has had a really nice trial or jump out there at Stall. It was over the 800 metres. Never was really tested, but won by about three lengths. Jeez, it's been very Magic close is... in some good races for her, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And I know the horse. I know um, Henry Dwyer has a very good opinion of the horse. We then got Magic Time, who's drawn out. But I think I said to you guys today that Graham Begg would have to be one of the most underrated trainers in Australia. Like, this horse was enormous. Remember when it won the PJ Bell? It beat Parasail and um, Opal Ridge. Remember, we were on Opal Ridge, and it just rocketed down the side, won by heavy, on the heavy nine? Yeah. Huge. Then went to the the James Carr. was very unlucky behind Alencia. Um, 
and beat Opal Ridge again, who obviously we can see has come, come and done some really good things up here. The trial was really nice there at Cranbourne over the 800 metres, and the horse has never lost um, second up now. I'm sorry, first up now. Has been met with a bit of support. I know it opened around the 7, 750 mark, and now it's into, what, 6, 6 650, second favourite? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then you got um, Generation. I don't know what to do with the horse. I'm not sure. Is it overrated or has it just been racing in very, very good company? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, t- I, it's hard to really, for me I to can't, really like I, anything in this I field. can never get my head around it. Like, it hasn't won since it won the Group 3 Manfred in February last year. So it's been a long time and it beat Zethus in a small field. Like, it hasn't exactly set the world on fire, has it? So There's just, there's just so many chances in this race. There really is. And then you've got um, Kalos, who's done trial really nicely, has a great first-up record, great distance record. Bit bit sticky with the barrier, but I know um, Jamie Carr can um, obviously navigate that really well. You've got Mars Crusader, who... Is he like Eduardo and Nature Strip? Is he gone or what? Like what's going on? And I know, like I said before, I think in previous podcasts, the Hawks boys are absolutely junk at the moment. Like they just can't produce anything. You've then got Cy, who's the who should be undefeated in my opinion. Really good horse. Um, obviously, it's getting a step up in grade, but it does have fitness on it on its side. So really, if you're looking at purely from a quaddy perspective. You either go short or you go long. What do you want to do? Fuck, I'd have to go long, especially standing out Benedetta in the first. I mean, I but if, you, if you were going to go short, what would you do? 6.13. Yeah, right. Okay. Jeez, I don't know if I could leave out Cy. If you want, though, if you, if you, weren't, if you weren't keen to let it leave out Cy, chuck 2.12 and 10 on the, in this race. Two, twelve, and ten. Yeah, yeah, that might be the play. There you go. Okay, so race nine. I'm actually liking the look of this quaddy so far. Yeah, it's not bad. Eh? It's better than the the Randwick one, which is a bit more grey. Yeah. Now the Memsey Stakes. This is a great looking race. Look at this race. Look at this field. We've got a bunch of black bookers in this though, so it's going to be really hard for us to to do anything with. Yeah. Um. So I touched on this Memsey Stakes. Uh. Wait, standard weight for age race over 1,400 metres, uh, arguably the kickoff race for the, the Melbourne Spring Group 1 race. Awesome field, as you can see. Um, so I touched on the speed map. So I have a decent speed. So if you look at – look, there's a couple of few or a few leaders in this race. You've got Ana Vista, who's likely going to kick up from Barrier 4 and take the lead. You've got Bandersnatch rolling across and obviously Alligator Blood, the control freak, right at rolling from the second widest barrier. So touch on Mark Ura now. Bright side, we were on last start. We thought he was a, a moral and he and he won like he was a moral. Um, I think he's heading towards, I'm not sure where that actually, maybe a Cox plate with him. Um, he's got a wonderful dis- track and distance record. He's got a wonderful second up record. He's got a wonderful distance record. He likes Caulfield. The only concern I have for him is that barrier. Yeah. Pretty much it with him. Yeah, I mean, he... He looked pretty good, even though he probably didn't beat much last start. He didn't, and I think he had a bit of condition. I think the Hayes boys said he wasn't fully wound wound up, ready to go, with probably this this mate race in, in, I guess, as a target race for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well I, I mean, geez, 
I don't know, like if I'm yeah, that is a horrible barrier to have, isn't it? I'd almost like I'd almost write him off from there. To be honest, like I'm looking at one and two, which I win as well. Both of them have drawn yeah. disgusting. The worst Haven't barriers they could draw. They both have drawn disgusting. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with them. Like, do you try and get them both beaten and be the only person ever to leave those two out of a quaddie? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I might. I, I love think this. I might. You're the one guy I would have said would have done it. <laughs> you gotta, you got to risk it for the biscuit. Absolutely. Good attitude. So, um, I wish I win has drawn the dreaded barrier one. Now, we know that horse is a get-back run-on type horse. I think... Although Luke Nolan's a good jockey, he used to ride Black Caviar, I just don't think he's that jockey that can navigate a gap. I'm scared for him. Now, the horse, obviously, I'm not questioning. It's arguably one of Australia's best horses. Great first up record, great distance record. Um, obviously, Moody's got some idea in plan with kicking him off over the 1,400 metres first up on his way to the Everest. I don't know. I'm going to trust um, him. But I just think Mike could biggest concern is that barrier and whether he can navigate gaps or yeah. drop back and try and loop them. And this is an elite field. I'm not sure if he has capacity to do that first no, up. No, I'm not liking it at all. So there's that alligator blood. You know what you get with him. He's trialed really nicely um, at Rose Hill there and at Randwick. Tim Clark on board both times. His most recent one was over the thousand meters. He won by about three and a half lengths. Love the trial. Great first up record. Loves the distance. Loves the track. He's a definite. Princess Grace was the interesting one. So we put her in her black book after that wink stakes where she came up the inside. Now, she did SP that day, $21. You're getting eight sixty about her now. Bit of a concern. Barry's good. Blake Shin on board is another real positive thing. We've then got Osipenko there, who's another one in the black book from that wink stakes. Was enormous in that race. Barrier two, slight concern. Um where the horse ends up. It's probably in a similar boat there to I wish I win. Duke Decess is the interesting one. So the horse came here with a really, really big boom on it coming out of France and Ireland. Um, I know he started in decent odds in that Doncaster. I think around the 11 buck marks with Dylan Gibbons on board and just didn't handle that heavy deck. Yeah. Um, Aegon was a horse that we put in the black book there. Thought he was enormous behind Mr. Bright. So I clocked some elite sectionals that weren't matched with many other horses on the day. And I definitely would be putting him in your quaddy. Yeah, he gets the D. Yeah. So in terms of quaddy numbers here, Liam. it's whether or not whether or not you can see Bright. I can see Brightside winning from the barrier 15 more likely than I wish I win winning from barrier one. Yeah, but, me too. Do you think yeah, alligator think- blood? Uh Geez, if he's come, if he's ready, I think he he might be hard to beat. How with alligator blood drawn outside or inside of Mr. Brightside, I think that's the huge plus for Brightside. So he alligator blood's obviously going to jump ping lead or at least get up there, and I reckon he can give Mr. Brightside a card over into the race. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. So that. So that's why I'd be more leaning towards leaving I wish I win out of the quaddy. I know that's ballsy leaving Australia's best racehorse under fifteen hundred metres out of the quaddy. But I just I just have concerns with that. Nah, do it. I think it's a good move. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of numbers then, one, two at your peril, alligator blood, three, um, thirteen Princess Grace, ten Osipenko, and five Aegon. Yeah, very good. That looks 
Very good. Now, race 10, last leg. If oh, if you got this far, put extension in because it's been scratched from up there in Sydney in a race that I thought it had actually a decent chance in. Okay. Now, it's a decent race, this 1,400 minutes. I haven't done a full look at it, but I know you want to get your quaddy legs there. So... With Barrier 1, Extension actually is one of those horses that can actually roll forward and is quite versatile. So the horse hasn't won first up before, but he's certainly won at the track and trip before. And John Allen's a great jockey. So I can see the horse rolling forward from that inside barrier. You've then obviously got your Buffalo River and Suzuro and maybe even Here to Shock also rolling there. So whether or not they can hold it out is a different story. Um, Devoted is the interest. One now did race really really well last start in the BM84 behind Amendable, who is actually favourite, well not favourite, but is in the twenty dollar mark in in the Group One Memsey. So I'd definitely be putting Devoted in in your quaddy. I don't like Kalino. I think the horse is overrated. Regards, Maria would be chucking in. Yep. Leaving out Poland, chuck in here to shock. Oh yeah, here to shock's a good horse. Yeah, chuck in, let's roll the dice. Conqueror and extension. Jeez, it'd be nice to get into that last leg. Oh, yeah. Right, so it's another exciting Saturday coming up. Oh, yeah. And then we have one at Doom and I want to touch on in uh, race six. Yeah, what have you got there? Oh, sorry, Eagle Farm, not Doom. Eagle Farm. So a horse by the name of Nashira. Where are we? Oh, yeah. So I really liked the run first up there for the horse. So it was in a race there behind Devastating. Now, Devastating has come out since and run third, I think, in a midweek race. But if you look at this race, this is a no Metro wins 1,000 metres. So the horse has actually done really well at the distance before. Six starts, two wins and two seconds. Um, And then you've got, I thought it was, um, I think, last prep. I'm looking back. You can see the things behind King Carpa, who was a horse that um, had a really big boom on it from from Tony Golan. Horse is one, hasn't one second up, which is the big concern. But I do like the booking of Ben Thompson. I think the horse at four twenty is a really good bet, particularly considering that Lamelody Barrier Fifteen is uh, is is going to be out of the picture. Yeah, true. Okay. So I really like that. I think it's a good bet. I don't think it's a launch job or anything like that, but I think no. it coming back in grey, dropping in weight to 53.5 from the 59 at that Class 3, I think it's really well-suited and well-placed by um, Steve Bidet and Matty Oyster. Yeah, get $4. That's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Now, um, geez, is that it? Do you want to do Fridays? Yeah, what have you got Friday? All right, so we're going to Wyong tomorrow, and we're going also to Seymour. Now, there's two horses that I want to touch on. So Wyong, we know, is like that really that weird track bend, and it really favours more those um, horses on pace or horses who can go real fast around the bend. Now, look at this race. Um, race one I'm going to. Okay. Number three, Oakville Prince. Number three, ooh, 440, yep. 440. Tim Clark, leader. What more can you say? Barrier one. Love it. And then the next one I want to go to is Seymour Race 5, horse by the name of Just Press Send. 
Now, have you? We haven't bet on this one before, have we? No, we haven't. 360, just press send. There you go. All right. Now, is that the only two for Friday? That's the only two we've got for Friday. Very good. Let's see if we can reproduce some of that Friday form. Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, uh, that was good. I can't wait for the weekend, and uh, cheers for coming on. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. See you, mate. See you, mate.